You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch football this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football. Happy Thursday to you. It's crossover preview day here across the Locked On Podcast Network. And in just a few moments, you'll get a chance to listen to my conversation with Chris Clark, host of the Locked On Chiefs podcast, as we turn the page here and get ready for the Kansas City Chiefs. Tomorrow will be our comprehensive primer when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're going to get into the weeds and break down the Bills opponent from all angles. So doing things a little bit out of order this week, uh, but that's just uh, the result of the, the games getting moved around and us having to be fluid with our process here in the podcast. So that's what the rest of this week looks like. The Bills will play on Monday, and then our Monday podcast that day, I'll give you my leftover thoughts. We'll talk to banged-up Bills on the injuries, and then I'll give you my predictions. So Monday will be our typical Friday show. Tuesday, we're going to react to the Bills game on Monday. Wednesday will be our next herd mentality. I've been getting tons and tons of questions uh, for herd mentality coming off the, the Tennessee game, and so... I'd like to respond to everybody and let them know that I got it and that I have it down for the podcast, but with it being so far away, the next time we do herd mentality and it kind of encapsulating both Tennessee and Kansas City, I'm just going to hold off, and um, I'm sure we're going to get a bunch of stuff to get to for that podcast, uh, but if I didn't get back to you, just understand our scheduling here and that uh, we're going to next tackle herd mentality on Wednesday and uh, next Thursday, we'll do our crossover preview with Locked On Jets. And then Friday will be our typical Friday show to get us ready for the Jets with leftover thoughts, banged up bills, and, and predictions. So the, what we're going to skip next week is the comprehensive primer because it's the Jets. We've already done a comprehensive primer on the Jets. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we get herd mentality in and skip out on the primer uh, for a, a very familiar opponent. So we'll, we'll cover all the details that we typically do. Uh, within the leftover thoughts and in the crossover show. So that's what you have uh, from a programming perspective here on this podcast. Just want to make sure everyone was up to speed on what's happening as we adjust uh, based on the the NFL schedule, obviously having changes for both this Tennessee game and the Kansas City game for the Bills. Uh, One quick newsy item that came through on Wednesday was that Lafayette Pitts was signed to the practice squad. He's a cornerback. He's been on the Bills roster before, most recently with the Colts, but the Bills had an open practice squad spot based on the injury designation for Evan Bame, and they filled that with Lafayette Pitts, which makes a lot of sense with Cam Lewis kind of being called up and uh, Levi Wallace being injured, and obviously we hope Tredavious White's back this coming week. Coach McDermott said that he was improving, Uh, But in typical McDermott fashion, he didn't give us much of an indication on whether or not he will be available, along with John Brown and, of course, Matt Milano. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play 
professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch football this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football. Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, joined now by Chris Clark, host of the Locked On Chiefs podcast, here to help us get ready for a big AFC showdown on Monday at 5 o'clock Eastern time of all times to play a football game. So, Chris, the, the first question I want to ask you here is the, the coming off the Super Bowl championship. And so when you think about that happening and you think about watching this team play five games so far in 2020, specifically on the offense, because this team, let's face it, it's about Patrick Mahomes. What have you learned about Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense in 2020 as they defend their title? Yeah, real quick, I just want to say, you know, I, I don't like the 5 p.m. start Eastern, uh, although I do like it a little bit better than a Tuesday night game. I uh, just want to throw that out there for you guys. Uh, you know, I think what we've learned so far is that I think Patrick has gotten better in some areas, and I think he's, I think what we saw the past couple of weeks is he's regressed in a couple as well. I, th- I think that you're looking at the way he played uh, and when he won in the Super Bowl, and I think one of the things that most people will remember that watched that Super Bowl was the Wasp play. Uh, and it's where he had to basically drift back to almost 13 yards deep in the pocket to be able to get enough time to be able to make that play happen. And I think what you're seeing right now is that he is drifting a little bit more in the pocket uh, further back than he really should be, uh, and he's not stepping up. And I think that's going to cause issues uh, with a lot of teams because I think they're starting to attack that now. They know that if they uh, do that, he will try to bail out. And then, you know, obviously if they've got – eight that they're dropping into coverage, they can have a spy and, and that really will help them as there as well. Uh, I do think that the offense is still doing pretty good. Obviously 32 points against the Raiders. Uh, that's not, uh, you know, a bad sign, but I do think that it's something that he needs to work on is really getting back to the basics of dropping to how deep he's supposed to based on, you know, what step he's supposed to be at in his drop. If it's seven step, you know, go as far as you're supposed to go back, don't go any further. And then really stepping up into the pocket, uh, because they have created pockets for him at times that he should be able to step up into. Uh, and I know that the offensive line has struggled, but it's still something that he needs to work on. Well, my next question for you, Chris, was going to be about Patrick Mahomes when he's not on top of his game. What's true about those moments and how can the Bills limit Mahomes? And it sounds like you you kind of answered that in in response to what you've learned about this Chiefs offense. So what I want to do is kind of pivot off of that idea and and just ask you about these weapons because when I think about going up against Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman and Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and, of course, Patrick Mahomes, we know Sammy Watkins is hurt, but there's just so many different layers to this offense. From watching it on a weekly basis to – why is it – how do you stop it? What, what, what do you even begin to do to, to limit this really talented uh, group of weapons? Well, and you didn't mention Sammy Watkins because he's not going to be available in this game, and I get it, uh, but I think he is a lot – more useful piece than people give him credit for. I think he really takes part of the defense away. Uh, and I think that's going to be a big loss for Kansas City this week uh, against the Bills. But what I will say is with the weapons that they have, uh, Andy Reid has been using them and has uh, really had a couple of different plays that we didn't expect him to have and, and that were new this year that I really like uh, different variations. Uh, he's been pitching the ball a little bit more to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, to give them a little bit of a different look on in the running game. I think that's a great use of uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's ability to get outside and uh, really create in space. 
Uh, when you look at Tyree Kill and, and Michael Hardman, you have a lot of speed to burn and you have to be able to maximize that use uh, by being able to take those deep shots. But that requires your quarterback to be able to step up into the pocket. That requires your quarterback to have trust in his offensive line so we can take those deep shots. And then you have Travis Kelsey, who I think is playing some of the best football I've seen him play. And I think that's got to be scary because he's been very good for several years now. And I think he's taken a step forward. And I'm not going to say he's a George Kittle type blocker, but he's shown that in the past couple of weeks that he has improved his blocking as well. And I think that really helps this offense. Flipping the script now to the defensive side of the football, which has been the unit that gets criticism for, for the Chiefs, right? Everybody wishes the Chiefs had a better defense, maybe wishes they invested more on the defense, uh, but they keep building up that offense. So, so what can you tell us about this Chiefs defense where is it strong? Where is it weak? You know, I think going into this Raiders game, the Chiefs were feeling pretty good about their pass defense. They were the number one team in uh, pass defense when it came to DVOA. I think that's a huge stat that a lot of people wouldn't have expected. But, you know, obviously the Raiders were able to do things that no other team has done to Kansas City. So that's definitely something that they're going to have to be concerned about. Uh, I think the secondary has really been a strength of this defense for most of the season. Uh, I think that they took some several steps back last week, and I think that they need to get more sound on their assignments and not be tricked. I think there were several plays where some of the corners and safeties even uh, stepped up when if they would have played their regular zones, you don't have some of those big plays. Uh, obviously, that's exactly what the offense is trying to design you to do. So uh, you have to be disciplined in, in what you're doing. Uh, defensively, I think their off or their defensive line, I think, is done pretty well when it comes to pass rush. Although you look at what they did against the Raiders, and they really never touched Derek Carr. Uh, that's really a big concern considering Frank Clark has really done very well against Colton Miller in the past. Uh, Chris Jones has usually been able to at least get some kind of pressure, and that really didn't seem to be something that really affected Derek Carr. I think that's a big thing going forward. And you look at how they're going to shape up against this Bills team. Uh, the Bills have a good offensive line, so that's going to be difficult to get to Josh Allen to begin with. I think where they really struggle and their biggest weakness is their linebackers. Uh, I think that they are still they still need more players there. I, I think that Anthony Hitchens is great as a leader. I think that he has struggled uh, being the the player that they want him to be, and you know their second round rookie Willie Gay is not quite where they want him to be yet either. He's still learning the defense. I think he's going to get more snaps against the Bills than he got against the Raiders, but it's still going to be a work in process. Uh, and Ben Neiman is, is more of a special teams guy and a sub package guy. So I think that's a big thing as well. So when you look ahead to this matchup on Monday, what are some of those X factors that stand out in your mind about this chiefs team when it comes to finding both advantages and areas of concern for the game? You know, when I look at this chiefs team, I think the biggest X factor is, you know, does the team come out and do they look focused from the start? I think that in some ways you could say that the chiefs came out and looked focused uh, in the game against the Raiders, and then they got up early, and then they lost their focus. And you know, if they start hot, then I think they're going to be in good shape against the Bills. I'm not saying that the Bills can't win this game because I definitely think they can, but I think that's one of the biggest things that really needs to come forward this week is this whole team needs to be focused. They need to realize they have an X on their back from winning the Super Bowl. They're going to get the teams. They're going to get every team's best shot, uh, and they need to be ready from the get go. When you look at X-Factors on defense, it's really Tyron Matthew. What is he going to be able to do? Can he get in uh, and make plays and make Josh Allen make bad mistakes? I think that there's a possibility he, he could do that, though I think Allen's played fantastic so far this season for the most part. Offensively, I think really the 
the X factor is really going to be Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, you look at what he's able to do running the ball and what he's able to do catching the ball. And the question is, is can you get him involved enough and get him the ball enough to where uh, it gives you a running game good enough to be able to complement your passing game? And if they can do that, I think they're going to be in good shape. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle. Make sure that you write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. All right, so now we're going to flip it over, and I'm going to ask Joe some questions. Joe, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Absolutely. All right, so I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question Obviously, Josh Allen is off to a hot start this year. What is the biggest difference that you've seen, or what are the biggest couple differences you've seen from his progression from 2019 to 2020? Well, I think it starts with efficiency. You know, the Bills went out and got Stephon Diggs. They want to put three, four receivers on the field just about on every play offensively. And Josh Allen being able to take advantage of those weapons at his disposal by becoming more efficient with his decision-making and accuracy. I mean, he's completing nearly 70% of his passes. He's been a sub-60% completion percentage guy in the first two years of his career. So him being more consistent in his approach, taking completions, taking profits, distributing the football has been big. His uh, deep ball is much, much better. Um, in fact, I mean, he he was one of the worst deep ball throwers in the league last year, and now he's one of the best so far through five games this year, really connecting on those targets 20 yards plus down the field. He's handling pressure a lot more. And then the last thing I'll say is he's becoming less reliant on his necessity to run. I mean, that was kind of a big thing with Josh Allen. His first two years was that dual threat component of his game. And, you know, we've seen some of the lowest rushing totals of his career so far this year. And Josh has been able to rely on his arm and his ability to make throws and win from the pocket. And so I think all of that together, combined with a lot of continuity and a good infrastructure around him has led to a really, really exciting jump for Josh Allen in year three. Well, I like what you said about the accuracy, because I'll be honest, that was my biggest concern with him when over the past couple of seasons has been his accuracy. And I, I know it's taken a big leap forward this year. And I do think that Stefan Diggs has a part in that uh, with his addition. I think that was a fantastic move for Buffalo to bring him in. When you look at this team before their Tuesday night game against the Tennessee Titans, they were four. zero. they were going in this game. Uh, and obviously there's been a lot of moving parts uh, going into trying to figure out how they're going to play the Titans, when they're going to play the Titans because of all of the COVID-19 issue and when they're going to play the Chiefs based on when they're going to play the Titans. How do you think that really affected the way they played on Tuesday night? Unfortunately, I think it had affected them a lot, and that's disappointing because the team that I thought would be impacted would be Tennessee, the team that didn't really have practices for 18 days and uh, – were locked out of their facility doing most of the preparation for this game virtually. You know, Tennessee was the team that embraced the challenges and the adversity that the game presented and went out there, were ready to play and had an us against the world mentality. And it felt like the Bills were very much 
uh, a team that was, <laughs> I wouldn't say making an excuse for those challenges, but they didn't embrace them nearly as well, which is disappointing for a Sean McDermott coach football team who is a great leader that we have so much respect for, but he just didn't, I don't think he handled it as well as Mike Vrabel and the Titans did. And that's, that's pretty disappointing. Now, when you think about playing the chiefs, this game was originally scheduled for Thursday night football. And the one thing that we always said going into the, the, this game, obviously, you know, the, the chiefs are a big circle on everyone's schedule. And we thought to ourselves, well, damn, if you're going to play the chiefs, you might as well do it on a short week at your stadium. Right now, <laughs> you're still playing in Buffalo, but the dynamics of the short week don't exist. In fact, you know the Chiefs get a couple couple extra days to prepare. The Bills are the ones that are coming off short rest here, and so you know, how do they learn from this? Are, are they going to strip down those excuses and brace this challenge and get ready to play the defending Super Bowl champions, or are they going to let the fluctuation here and and the lack of being in rhythm and routine affect their performance again? Because uh, if they do. It's going to get sloppy and ugly against uh, you know what is arguably the best team in the NFL. Well, and you know I thought it was a very, I think it's very interesting the way things flip flopped because you're right, Kansas City was going to be at a disadvantage because it almost looked like they were going to play three games in eleven days. Yeah, and then now you're looking at a situation where Buffalo is the one that now has a short week because they played last night and they're and yeah, it's not till Monday night, but Kansas City played on Sunday, so obviously that's two extra days. Uh, of rest so that's a big deal and and i do think that that's really going to change the dynamic of this game uh, i'm not gonna lie I, I really don't care for thursday night football games very often especially if you're playing away um so that's a that's also a big advantage i think to uh you know honestly to both teams in, in a way uh, to get away from those thursday night games because i don't like short week games when you look at this buffalo team though and you look at how efficient they've been in the offensive side of the ball so far this season what has really stood out to you other than Josh Allen? Obviously, we've already talked about him. He's taken a big step forward. But what has really stood out to you other than him and, and really Stephon Diggs as well? Because obviously, he's a big piece that I think has fit into this. I think pass protection has been really outstanding. Uh, the Bills signed Daryl Williams, uh, former Carolina Panther, was an All-Pro in 2017. Then he's been banged up the last couple of years. Whether it's been injuries or playing out of position at guard or left tackle, he's really struggled. But He's come to Buffalo, and I think he's been really outstanding at right tackle. Deion Dawkins, who they just rewarded with a big contract extension, has been exceptional at left tackle. And a guy that Chiefs fans know very well, Mitch Morse, has been unbelievable, really. I mean, for obviously this year, but also last year, coming over and, and really anchoring that into your offensive line. So I think the Bills loved him. He's a good player. A great personality, just really fits in. And yep. um, the offensive line's played really, really well. There's no question. Josh Allen has time to be patient let routes develop. Uh, I think Gabriel Davis, a rookie wide receiver, a fourth-round pick, has came in and, and allowed the Bills to be a 10-11 personnel heavy team. Uh, a lot of four wide receiver sets, and, and his emergence, it, it's coming along so quickly, has really helped add to some scheme diversity. And so I think you mentioned, obviously, Diggs and, and Allen's where you start the conversation. Brian Dable's doing a great job coordinating the offense, but if you're looking for other contributing factors here, it's definitely that offensive line. And then I'd give Gabriel Davis a lot of credit as well. So if we flip it over to the other side of the ball, what have you seen defensively from Buffalo? What have you learned from them in 2020? Uh, how has it changed from previous years? So it's a massive disappointment, Chris. The Bills had a top three defense each of the last two seasons, and, and they are just on their heels right now, not playing good football. They have the most expensive defensive line in the league, $51 million, 23% of the salary cap committed to this defensive line. 
and the pass rush just hasn't been there. The the second lowest uh, pressure percentage on pass plays in the NFL this year. Extremely disappointing. And, and the Bills have had injuries on the second level. Matt Milano, who is absolutely critical. I don't think he's going to be available for the Chiefs game. His absence from the lineup has, has really hurt the team. He's really important for matchup-specific type things, uh, whether that's spying, taking on tight ends, covering running backs of the backfield. You know He's not going to be available, which is something that if I'm the Chiefs and I have Edwards Alaire as a pass catcher and Kelsey as a receiving tight end, that's obviously is something I'd like to exploit. And then you know, the secondary has, has really underperformed, not necessarily at safety, but at corner. Trey White's been fine, but he was injured for the Tennessee game. Levi Wallace, the other starting corner, is out with an ankle. Josh Norman was the number one corner against Tennessee, and that's just not within his wheelhouse anymore. And Cam <laughs> well, Lewis, got- <laughs> yeah, he got abused. Cam Lewis is off the practice yeah. squad starting. Taron Johnson, the slot corner, has been, been terrible. So, I mean, the Bills' defensive identity has, has really slipped through their hands so far this year. And I guess the encouraging sign is that many of the ingredients that have led to this being a good defense in 2018 and 2019, they exist, whether that's personnel or coaching. It's all there. So they got to find themselves. But, you know, Chris, it's hard to imagine a get-right game, if you will, coming against the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Well, and I would think your get-right game is going to be the next week against the New York Jets, personally. Um, No offense to your defense. I, I will agree. I think they've struggled this year, and I think that that's definitely something to worry about. Uh, although you look back at some of the th- teams that they played, uh, the Miami Dolphins don't look so bad after beating the, the 49ers. So right. <laughs> big question on that one. Uh, do you think White is going to be available for this game on Monday night? You know, we thought he was going to play yesterday. Uh, he had a back issue flare up. Um, he wound up being inactive. Coach McDermott was asked about it, and he's always holds things so close to the vest. He doesn't give you much. Uh, so he basically said, you know, that he'll let, he'll trust the doctors and they'll decide if he can play. So McDermott didn't give you much, but I mean, it, it feels like this was one of those situations where maybe Buffalo said, look, Tennessee's without Corey Davis, without Adam Humphreys, you know, they're only having AJ Brown as one of their top three receivers available yep. and that it just maybe meant more for him to be available at home against Kansas city. But, uh, I think he'll play, but that's, that's probably based on a lot of hope and, and just pure speculation on my behalf. Fair enough, though. It's I mean, it's a it's a big thing if he does play. I think that he could be a, a, an invaluable piece against this Kansas City offense. When you're looking about when you're looking at your division and how it's kind of changed over the past couple of years, Buffalo looks like they could be in the driver's seat of the AFC East. How are you feeling about them going into this game against Kansas City in that regard? Well, I guess the 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 part that you feel good about when it comes to the to the AFC East and the Bills winning it this year is that if they lose this game and they fall to four and two, they're still going to be in first place in in the division because the Patriots can be no better than three and two. Uh, So, you know, that's the piece of it where there's, there's a lot of hope. Um, But, you know, it's, 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 it's a difficult challenge ahead for, for this Bills football team because, you know, Josh Allen is playing out of his mind and he, he's showing he can carry the team at times, but there has to be some level of defense to, to help him out. Um, and it feels weird that this has been the script for the Bills, the 2020 version of the Bills, because if anything, you probably thought it would be the other way around. So you feel good about your chances in the AFC East, regardless of this outcome. Um, you love that you play the Jets after this really difficult two-game stretch, but then it's the Patriots. So, you know, the Bills have a chance to prove themselves, whether it's they're playing Tennessee, they've already played Tennessee, they're going to play the Chiefs, they got two against the Patriots, they play Pittsburgh this year. 
you know, the, the teams that they're going to have to go through to be viewed as a contender, they're going to have a chance to play. And so they can write their own narrative and it's all right there in front of them. Yeah, this game has huge implications for playoff scenarios uh, later in the year. Absolutely huge. Uh, if Buffalo is continuing to win uh, and Kansas City loses this game, they could essentially be three games back uh, of the Bills in the, for the top spot. All right, folks, that'll do it for us today here on this podcast. Tomorrow, comprehensive primer. We're getting into the weeds with the Chiefs. Going to break them down from every angle. I'll share all my ideas and thoughts on the Bills' upcoming opponents. So make sure you don't miss it. Hit that subscribe button. Rate, review, share the podcast. If you like what's going on here, tell a friend. Share it on social media. All that stuff is so, so, so helpful. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.